welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, where all things football are injected right to your veins. With your hosts, Matt Donnelly, Calvin Shoemake, and Jeff Mueller. Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers, Vipercast. We are on our team spotlight series where we are going through all 32 teams. And we're excited today to be talking about the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, the whole crew there. And, you know, as we've been saying every time that, that we do this, we like to make sure that we are getting in smart football people to talk about their teams. And with the Dynasty Vipers, why do we focus on the teams themselves at this time? Because, yes, we need to understand the, the rookies. We need to understand how good they are. But landing spot is going to matter. We need to think about the teams. We need to think about free agency and what these teams might do, the offensive systems and, and all those things. So we bring on smart people to talk about it. And they happen to be good fans of the team as well. So to do that with the Baltimore Ravens, nobody was better than to bring on Ryan. So Ryan, tell everybody where, where you're from, where we can find you, and what you're working on here over the offseason. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Ryan Rosario Foss, find me on Twitter, Foss534. I podcast for Sports Illustrated Draft Bible. Uh, that comes out Wednesdays. I podcast for Going to Our Trip Fantasy Show on Tuesdays. I uh, do a little writing for both, rank for uh, Draft Bible. So trying to keep busy. Yeah, very cool. A lot of great work. Uh, definitely appreciate everything that you're doing in the community and all that. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about your Baltimore Ravens today, and and it was a you know interesting 2020. But let's talk a little bit about your history with the team because you know you mentioned in pre-show there in the boom boom room that you are from Pittsburgh. So how does a Pittsburgh guy end up being a Baltimore Raven fan? Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. So like as a kid, I didn't have I like players, not teams that much, mm -hmm. and except for college football, I was a huge Florida State fan. I grew up when like. They had Charlie Ward. Peter Work was the year I really got into it. So '99, like, mm. and one year I saw Ed Reed just destroy them. Like he ended, he single handedly won a game. I've never seen a defense player done that. Do that, uh, and I'm like, you know what? Whatever team goes, this dude goes to, sticking with it. Been a Ravens fan since. Like this dude just balled out against my team. I'm like, I can't root against them. And I just followed along since. That's really cool. So it was really it was it was Ed Reed then that that so it was that that was all Bobby Bowden, but that that's after like the Deion Sanders era and all, right? I mean that's yeah. Deion was in the eighties. Ed Reed was there on that two thousand Miami squad that just mm -hmm. destroyed the world. That had like Willis McGahey, Clinton Portis, Ed Reed, Sean Taylor was a freshman on that. Uh, Jonathan mm -hmm. Bellman. There was so much talent on the team. Andre Johnson. Reggie Wayne, like, and they just destroyed teams. Ed Reed had, like, two picks, pick six in that game. He was just a game wrecker. Yep. Now, I do have a Sean Taylor jersey. That's another one that we talked a little bit about jerseys before. Though, Man, so that, that's another I, one I wish, got. I wish I had that and had that frame because he yeah. was awesome. So, obviously, you got some history with it with the team now, having rooted for them for, you know, for a good while. What's, what's it been like being a Baltimore Raven fan? Uh, it's good, man. I mean, I live in Pittsburgh. I mean, I used to live in the heart of the city, I'm really outskirts now, but it's 
it's not very light. You're not very liked. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, my group chats with all my friends I grew up with aren't pretty, but I love it, man. I like arguing football. I like talking it. The Ed Reavers Troy Polamalu debate makes my head one explodes. I've had it at least ten thousand times, but man, it's fun. I think yeah. it's more fun than being a fan of the city you live in. Yeah, just because yeah, it, I, it, I can it, totally it's see that. I can definitely see that. So twenty twenty. I mean, like it was. I, I think you can look at a lot of things and say 2020 was a really good year for the Ravens. Uh, do Ravens fans feel the same way? I mean, I personally do. They went through a lot this year. I mean, they had the COVID infestation that took the whole team off and had this backups playing against Pittsburgh. They had injuries. They lost Ronnie Stanley for the season. It was a lot didn't go right, but they showed up, won a playoff game. Like, they're coming around. Like it's a good team, it's a good football team. Anybody who's upset, I don't get it. And people turning on their quarterback, no, just relax. Like it's gonna come around. Yeah, and that quarterback obviously did do a lot of tremendous things. I mean, he had a great 2019. Uh, 2020, it seemed like there were a lot of people, like you said, kind of coming out out of the woodworks. Go ahead and defend your guy. Why is why is Lamar worth? Uh, being a hill that you die on. Here's my thing with him. It's a lot. Is the surrounding cast in Baltimore? It's not in the receiving position, especially. It's kind of rough. They dropped twenty percent of their passes this year, which was league lead. I mean, it was bad. Even Mark Andrews in some big games is dropping it, and he used your mo, your number one threat. Uh, Holly Brown, he's a one B receiver at best. Like he's a field stretcher. You can't run an offense through him. And I mean, we're talking Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin is just a blocker. Like it's not his weapons aren't there. This is a team that drastically needs to improve and protect Lamar. That's my issue. You have Mahomes who has Tyree Kill, Kelsey, then these other receivers fit their system. I don't think Baltimore has an identity in the passing game, and I don't think they have the right weapons to really create one yet. Well, and that's a really good point. And I, I think a lot of people looked at Greg Roman and, and thought like, oh, you should have adjusted more. Um, like, what what do you think that, like, let's just talk, I want to talk a lot about the weapons because that's there's a lot of question marks there, obviously. Um, but let's talk about just the, the offense that Greg Roman is running. Like, do you think that he's going to be able to make that adjustment to moving forward? Or is it just not even about that? He just needs better players. I think it's a combination. His offense is very, I don't want to say vanilla, but in the passing aspect it is. They run the same formations. They run, they always shoot the receiver off through the backfield, uh, and then they do the um, fake play action, run the RPO. That's the offense right now. You see slant routes, Hollywood Rowdy runs that, the fly. That's really it. Like They don't do a ton. And it doesn't create huge windows. There's no separation. So, yeah, a lot can be the talent. I mean, Willie C's not roasting anybody. But they're not screening corners. They're not creating space for guys organically. Right. And that's my problem with it. They need help in the passing game. Yeah, and I think those those weapons are, you know, obviously one of the biggest things. And, you know, let's, let's get into that. Obviously, there are a couple of um, – um, holes that need to be filled in terms of bringing it back to your own guys. Um, 
I, I'm imagining you're not going to be uh, pounding the table for them to bring Willie Sneed back. He is an unrestricted free agent. Um, what What is the answer? Like, what is the right kind of wide receiver that would fit with what Lamar Jackson does? And 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 quite honestly, how few pass attempts they're going to have over the course of a season. I think right now, I think the biggest need for them in the receiving position is a big body wide receiver who they can actually trust their hands. Um, somebody who can box out in the red zone, you can throw it up and kind of trust them. Right now, these guys aren't getting separation. He's waiting for somebody to get open because they're not winning one-on-one battles. They're not boxing out the corners, and they're not winning the catch point. He needs somebody who he can trust doing that because I think that gives him more confidence in the passing game to kind of air it out and not maybe one read, two read, run. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I, like you said, big body receiver. Is there anybody like in particular that you have in mind that you think might be the, the, the right guy? Um, I mean, I want I want to go big. I want to say Allen Robinson. I want to say Kelly Golly, but it's not realistic because hmm. they're not going to spend that money. They don't have they only have nineteen million right now. They have some serious issues with guys edge rushers leaving. Literally all of them. Um, money can be spent elsewhere. If you give me somebody like Corey Davis though, who's worked really well paired with another re- good receiver. He shined when AJ or when AJ Brown was there, and he can win the catch point. He bought he'll body corners. I like him as a red zone weapon. You can throw it up to him. I love that for him, and I think he complements Hollywood Brown really nicely. I think he's in the price range of eight to eleven million where they can afford. Uh, other one, a little bit bigger is Juju. Mm. Uh, I think he fits really good. He's really trustworthy catching the ball. He works over the middle. And you can trust he can run after the catch, creates for himself. I love that in a receiver. I'd love to get him there. I think he kind of fit it. He'd fit the – he can block too, which is huge for Baltimore. But I think he fits what they want to do, either one of them. Could Baltimore accept Juju? I mean, like, it, does, it seems like there's a little bit of bad blood there. Like, I, I don't know. That seems like one of those where it's like I, I asked um, – I asked the – I think it was the Packers fan. I asked, like, who would be the worst – got to bring in and they said golden tate like there's like a lot of bad blood there like is there bad blood between the ravens and juju it does it seems like that'd be a hard fit i mean there's a little i mean him and marlon humphrey have kind of gone at it a little bit but i think if he's getting you winning and he gives you that threat receiver i think they'll get over it yeah and i mean this team's so chirpy and they have guys who Becker, like Marcus Peters fights with every single player in the league and has bad blood with everybody. You're going to block out everyone in the division who's talented just because you talk a little trash. Like, I think you're professionals. You can get over it. Yeah, I like that. I think that's probably a good um, good point, and hopefully that is something that they can that they can do. From a fantasy perspective, is like you know, I mentioned the pass attempts, 32 pass, 32nd in pass attempts last year. That's a continuation of the year before. Um, I don't think they want to pass the ball all that much. Um, is that like, if it's Juju or if it's an Allen Robinson and, I, and like you said, like my sense is it probably isn't, but like, if it is like, is that going to, would that be a big ding to their fantasy value? Or do you think that having that big wide receiver would change things a little bit and they could open things up and toss the ball to them more? I'd like to say yes. Uh, I don't know if I fully believe with Greg. I don't think Greg Roman will let that happen. But 
I think if you bring in an Allen Rob, I don't think it'll happen. If you bring him, Juju, and I think their ceilings a mid wide receiver too mm-hmm. in fantasy. I don't see it being a ton. Corey Davis wide receiver three range, but I don't love anybody fantasy wise for like out of the pass catchers. Other than Mark Andrews, he knows he's going to get his regardless. But right, it's one of those wait and be seen things for me for fantasy. You'd be amazed how many fan bases seem to want Corey Davis. His name comes up a lot in these shows for whatever reason. I don't it's know why. Cause he's, it's because he's so, he's you can't complain about him. He's really solid. He's going to be affordable. Right. Uh, you're Allen Robinson, Galladier, and get fifteen million, and they're pro, they may get franchise tag. Corey Davis just he feels realistic. Right. Like if you're at the bar, and you see a beautiful girl there. And then, like, a nice-looking one, but you think you have a chance. It's kind of playing your odds. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a, that's a good a good analogy. And that's kind of, you know, ESPN's Jameson Hazley, like, one of the things that he said was that he expects them to go cheaper at wide receiver. And so, I don't know that that ends up, ends up meaning Corey Davis or if that ends up meaning, like, going, you know, a lot lower than that. Um, you know, trying to sound like a Tim Patrick or somebody like that. But um, it does seem like they're not going to invest in that position. Uh, the one thing I would look out with a position, which could just throw a wrench at anything, I really don't have any names I can throw out for it, is Orlando Brown wants traded. And mm-hmm. they're rare, and it's going to happen because he wants to play left tackle. And it's not going to happen in Baltimore, Rob Stanley there. So if they trade him, get a pick and a receiver back, that could fill the need. Like Jacksonville's yeah. team just brought up. And if somehow you get a early pick in a DJ Shark, that can change things, and that's a realistic option. So I think there's an opportunity there if the Orlando Brown trade happens because Eric Goster showed nothing but just been a genius when it's come to trades and mm-hmm. making you wonder how he's pulled them off. Has Baltimore had the best run of GMs like of any franchise? It seems like they just always end up having the right player fall to them in the draft. Like that just seems like it always is the case and always has been, no matter who's there. I mean, you've had Ozzy now EDC, and Eric Koster's been there for a decade learning under Ozzy, just grooming them. He's turned down multiple jobs because he knew it's his. Like, mm-hmm. I love it, man. I, I almost trust him more because he loves the analytics. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just let the draft fall to him. I mean, like, that just seems to be their philosophy. They're not going to go out and, you know, just kill themselves to to make a big move. And uh, we'll get to the we'll, – no, go ahead. Go ahead. I say and they always go for the system, like guys who fit their system. Yeah. Yes. And just the right guy always seems to be right there. Like Patrick Queen just seemed like the right guy last year. Like, Oh, I lost um, my mind with that pick last year. I was so excited. Yeah. And all those just seem to be like they they just always work out. Everything comes up Ravens in that. And, uh, you know, another guy they added last year, which was really high on everybody's list, was J.K. Dobbins, which is a pretty big name, obviously, here in fantasy and in yeah. dynasty fantasy football. Um, but he found himself in a pretty crowded backfield. The marking room was still there, who, you know, I, I – I, I'm a Saints fan. I love Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram is one of the best locker room guys uh, of all time. Like, he was just such a great wingman. Love seeing him. But they've also Gus Edwards. Now, he's a restricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. But, yes. um, do you, like, do you expect them to bring back Gus Edwards? And is that going to cap a little bit of what we can see from Dobbins? 
I think they do bring back Gus Edwards. They love him there. He runs really hard between the tackles. And, I mean, modern NFL, you need multiple running backs. Mm -hmm. You see maybe eight running backs who are getting 60-plus percent of the carries. And Baltimore ran the ball 555 times last year. Mm -hmm. And J.K. Dobbins, who averaged 5'3 a pop, if you get him in that 200 range, you're looking at an RB1 yeah. potential. And they, in 2019, they barely passed the running backs at all. And as soon as J.K. Dobbins came there, that changed. They realized he was a legit weapon in the passing game and a safety valve. I mean, I think he has RB1 potential with Gus there. If Gus leaves, you have top five potential. Like, it's, it's game on if that happens. Yeah, I'd love watching Gus run. I mean, obviously, J.K. Dobbins is like one of the most talented running backs in the league right now. Uh, can do a lot of amazing things going back to college. But Gus Edwards just seems like he's so much fun as well. Like I really enjoy watching watching him. And uh, actually, actually, big surprise, we're actually joined here by uh, Chris Miles as well. What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going, guys? Sorry about that. That's all right. yeah. No worries at all. I appreciate you uh, joining us. So just to catch you up, we you know, talked a little bit about uh, growing up Ravens fan and, you know, and, and being fan of the team. Uh, Ryan was. What about you? What, what's your history with the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, so I live uh, just north of Baltimore, Maryland, and I've been uh, my, me and my parents were family, been a season ticket holder. So I've been going to every home game since about 2010 now. Wow. Every uh, home game? Yep. Oh, you lucky. Yeah. yeah, really awesome. We really enjoy getting to go to all the games. Ryan is a Baltimore fan living in Pittsburgh, so uh, very different experience for him. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine. I, I've been to I've been down to one game in Baltimore, and it was the one where Aaron Donald destroyed Joe Flacco's knee. Ooh, okay, wow, that's a rough one. Yeah, and Justin Forsett broke his collarbone. Same game, oh, Aaron Donald's right, right. Game. I yeah. love Justin Forsett. That was my dude, man. I loved that guy. Dude, he, he was good, man. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome getting that fantasy relevant player from Baltimore beside like, you know, that was it really doesn't happen that often in our history. No. Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray Rice. Didn't really talk about him very much. Oh, he was right. Great, That's he's, won cha- he's won me a championship. Yeah, he was great. That's what yeah, that's one of the ones we uh gloss over with Baltimore, that's for sure. Um yeah. There's there's a couple there, but uh, we 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 talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson, Chris, and and um, just to make sure we're all on the same page, like like big extension coming his way seems like this off season. I assume you're fully on board and want him to be oh, signed yeah. to a ten year deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whatever it takes, keep that man in Baltimore. Ten year deal. I don't like ten year deals, but Probably not, won't. I mean, yeah, like but that's you know, happening. ten years. That's happening now in the NFL, and that's crazy. Hey, like, I've been telling people. I think my targets like a maybe like six year, thirty I'm, million a year, right around that. Yeah, I like, I like I like the six the six year range. Mm-hmm. Six years. Yeah, that's, I feel safe there. What's the longevity for a guy like Lamar? Like, like obviously he's built very differently than Tom Brady, who's playing going to play till he's a hundred, I guess. But like Lamar, like what's the we don't we don't know, I guess what he's what kind of longevity he could have. I mean, he 
he's kind of broken the mold for that. Yeah, you want to go ahead, Ryan? Um, I, that's, I mean, that's why I said the six-year range. Like, his game the way it is, I don't see going too, too much past 30, if we're lucky. If he evolves as a passer and the offense evolves with him, that's a different story. But that's a wait-and-see for me for longevity-wise. But it's the NFL, and if he gets six years out of quarterback, that's great. Yeah, right now, just everything is so dependent on his legs. I mean, he's definitely not a bad passer, but he's not good enough to sustain himself as a starter with just his arm right now. But like you said, if that evolves, if our passing game can evolve, he could definitely be a longer-term starter in the NFL. We, we touched a little bit on the wide receiver core, too. And, um, you know, there are some big names that are available. Uh, there's a report from ESPN that, you know, they, they're going to be looking for cheaper options as far as free agents. But, you know, are you hearing anything different? You're right there in Baltimore. I'm sure you, you know, you're yeah, in tune with the Ravens fans there on the ground. Like, yeah. what, what's the, are, are there like certain guys that they, that Baltimore is hoping they bring in to help out Lamar? Um, right now, the bigger names that I've been hearing from like fans and others are like Marvin Jones and uh, Corey Davis, like just those big body. Like we, everybody just wants a big body receiver that can go up and make contested catches. Yeah, that's right along with exactly what Ryan said. And literally, almost everybody on every show I've done has mentioned Corey Davis. So mm -hmm. Corey Davis might sign like a $25 million one year deal or something. I don't know. Just because everybody <laughs> yeah. seems to want him. He's I don't know signed him just because of the Titans, the bad blood there. So I doubt he comes here. Yeah. But I'd be really <laughs> stoked to get a, a Marvin Jones mm -hmm. like one year deal. That's an interesting name. Marvin Jones, I could see. And that's he seemed like maybe the kind of guy that could mesh with Lamar. What do you think, Ryan? What do you think about that name? Yeah, and it's such a Ravens move. Mm. Yep. Like, when you look at a Ravens free agency move, especially wide receiver, it's historically been a solid vet who's not washed yet, but good enough to be a quality starter. Like, we've seen Anquan Bold. We, he, we got good years out of him. Steve Smith, everyone thought he was kind of going downhill, and he gave us a couple good years. Yep, Mike Wallace. Before that. Who? Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace, John Brown. Yeah, it's just – it's the Raven way. Like, it really – it really is. I'd like to see some more excitement at the position, but it's such a Ravens move. I just realized who – I know exactly who they're going to sign. I can tell you right now. Who? I just realized the Greg Roman connection with Sammy Watkins. He's a free agent. Oh, man. <laughs> if he can stay healthy, I'd be okay with that. But that's – his health is the scariest thing in the world. Today. Yeah, it depends on price for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I wouldn't mind prediction. it. <laughs> Ravens I'm, so I'm so it makes sense. I'm so afraid of his health. I yeah. will say I saw a TikTok from Marvin Jones Jr. account. Him and his son. His son had a Lamar jersey on. Just saying. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's why we have these shows right there. <laughs> so we we had we had talked a little bit about that. We hadn't quite got to the tight ends yet. I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the, the tight ends. But let's talk. Let's talk about the running backs real quick. So. Mark Ingram, obviously a great year a couple of years ago, um, ton of touchdowns, uh, not traditionally um, the amount of touches you would expect out of an RB1 for fantasy, but so many touchdowns, he did, you know, obviously the Ravens run the ball a ton, but um, J.K. Dobbins enter, enters the picture, you know, Mark Ingram is going to be, or he already was ushered out here. Gus Edwards, does he kind of mess up the J.K. Dobbins train, Chris? 
Um, I don't know if he messes it up, but he definitely gets in the way a little bit. He stops Dobbins from having that like RB8, RB10 like floor, and that more becomes the bottom of his upside. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's prob probably true. Um, Ryan, I know we obviously talk about Dob Dobbins a lot, but like, is your hope that 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 Edwards finds somewhere else and we get a and we get the full J.K. Dobbins experience? I mean, this is a pure fantasy versus real life question. Like, my fantasy football wants him to be by himself, but real life, I want them both there because Gus Edwards is such a good closer with the lead and just hammering defenses. I love it there. I want him to stay. I don't think – the running back market is wide open, and I don't see him get paid somewhere else when he's restricted free agent. So I want him there. I think he'll be there. Yeah. Let's, let's move on then to the tight end position because, you know, you guys have one of the best. I mean, Mark Andrews um, is – consistently one of the better tight ends he isn't quite as highly rated right now it seems like for some reason something he's going later in drafts than uh than he was before is that just kind of based on a weird 2020 or why why are people why do those seem to be down on mark andrews who's maybe the number one target for lamar jackson what do you think chris yeah people i think are just really afraid of the volume and the touchdown dependency that he seems to have his, I mean, his best games are going to be four or five catches, 40 yards, and two touchdowns. So, and that's like, and people don't really see the evolution of Lamar as a passer increasing anymore. So, and if we do end up adding like a guy in the draft or a you know, free agent wide receiver, that's just going to cut into Mark Andrews' work even more. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I agree. I think Mark Andrews really had help like I think Hayden Hurst as weird as it sounds having that second tight end there really opened things up for Andrews because of what he was able to do as a blocker and stay in I think that kind of freed things up for Andrews because uh, you mentioned the tight end in the draft I know we're skipping ahead a little bit like Pat Farmer somebody who just fits in perfect for that would be a great compliment because he can stay in line and block and spread it a little bit out of the out, out of the backfield and lets Andrews split out more wide and use more like a receiving type role than the traditional tight end. Yeah. I mean, his big year, we had Hurst and Boyle here, both doing yeah. a lot of blocking work and we and were Boyle missing both of them last year for the yeah. injury and trade. So it definitely hurt not having those supporting tight ends. Yeah. Boyle opens things up as well for Andrews. Yep. He does all, he does all that down dirty work. Right. Yeah, such a weird position because the guy that gets the most snaps on the team is Boyle. And then I think Andrews most of the time gets a, the least amount of snaps and ends up being the best fantasy option on the team and one of the best in the league. Yep. Yeah, he was at like 60% his year where he blew up in 2019. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't play a ton of snaps, but it worked out to kept him fresh and he used his mismatch. Yeah, good uh, question here from Mike Valverde in the chat. Um, what about Devin Duvernay? That's a guy that didn't make as much of an impact last year as I think a lot of people thought. A lot of people prognosticated that he was a really good fit with Lamar. Uh, what do you think about Devin Duvernay? Ryan, back to you. I love Devin Duvernay. I Fantasy-wise, not as much because, like I said, there's not a ton of targets to go around. 
pure football. I think he's a nice weapon if he's used right. Like I love him on end around, put him in motion, finding him the ball in space. That's what he does well. I mean, unless you're in super deep fantasy leagues, I'm not really trusting it. But I think he'd be a nice little slot receiver for them. I think he should start at the slot, especially mm-hmm. with Willie Sneed gone. Yeah, and better than Miles Boykin, Chris? Uh, yeah, probably better all-around receiver. And I was just about to say that. He's going to take over that Willie Sneed role once Sneed leaves. But as far as fantasy goes, you you can't use him. After what Sneed just said on social media, he's done, man. He ain't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? I missed it. What did he say? Uh, he said that essentially anybody could be a wide receiver one as long as they got volume and that he wasn't used, basically. Yep. Yeah, he – yeah, he, he's done, man. You, you can't talk like that and still be there unless you're elite. And he's not. <laughs> yeah. He was a Saints guy, too. I know that we, we, uh, we're familiar with Sneed down here in New Orleans. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, – it was always a little confusing why he was getting so many snaps. So, certainly, that's not what you want to surround Lamar with. Hopefully, they surround him with a lot better, better targets, and that could come through the NFL draft. So, you know, the Ravens have the 27th pick. They have their, you know, their second. They don't have a third right now. We don't, you know, we don't know with compensatory picks what could happen there. Um, but Chris, what do you think? Like as far as the draft, what do you think the Ravens could be looking at, and where, where do you think they could go? Yes, yeah, so I think their first round pick is probably going to be edge rush, interior O line. The you know, fan inside and fantasy player inside really wants to see you know like Rashad Bateman or mm-hmm. Colin Wallace, Terrace Marshall, one of those guys, but. I think probably we're going to go interior offensive line, the unsexy pick that just, you know, gets the right, that gets the work done. Ryan, what about you? What do you think? You've my been the past dude. I like that call. Huh? The path, yeah. Uh, my heart wants, grit, my heart wants Rashad Bateman. I've wanted him since the get-go. I think he's the perfect fit because he's big enough at 6'2". He can stretch the field. He averaged 21, 21 yards per reception uh, in 2019 when he 2019 when he played the whole season, like he was a beast. Yeah. And like he made you like when I was watching Tyler Johnson film that year, like I couldn't even pay attention to Tyler Johnson because Sean Bateman's so good. Um, I want him so bad. Uh, Greg Russo is a guy from Miami who I really like for them. He's six seven, two sixty five at edge. He fits that uh, that Ravens type guy. He can. He can set the edge. He has a crazy motor. He plays well in space. He's physical, talks. Like, he seems like that kind of pick. They love the size of edge rusher like that. He's got really like there. But, yeah, yeah. Terry D-line can happen as well. But I really hope an edge wide receiver. I, Rashad Bateman would be really interesting. And just I would just love to see what would happen in the fantasy community if he goes there because – so many people love him and like he's taken so high right now, wide receiver one. But can Chris, can he be a wide receiver one if he lands in Baltimore? I mean, I really think we'd see a second AJ Brown scenario where everyone faded AJ Brown when he got drafted mm. by the Titans. But mm. Lamar needs that big like he that, that would be an alpha wide receiver stepping into Baltimore and he would get used. He could easily see a hundred targets. I mean, I don't see why he couldn't. I mean, Hollywood had a hundred targets. Exactly. And Rashad Bateman is way better than anything on our team right now. Gosh, I love that analogy. Great analogy with, with AJ Brown, because you're right. Like that's exactly what they said about him. Like, you know, he came in with Marcus Mariota, same, same kind of 
situation. Ryan, like, do you think it's like, could he be the best wide receiver out of this class if he ends up in Baltimore? Uh, I think he can be the second best receiver in this class hmm. in Baltimore. I think he has outside second of two. Huh? Jamar Chase. Okay. Yeah, Jamar, good. I like that. Jamar yeah, Chase, right. he's a superstar. Like, yeah. he's landing spot proof. He's, he's an absolute superstar. But I think Bateman has that potential to be a true alpha receiver. And I think, again, across from a speed receiver, that frees up the world for him. So I like that. Uh, Ter- I like Terrace Marshall as well for Baltimore for the receivers because, yep. again, big wide receivers is what we need. And Baltimore does seem to like LSU players. I don't know why, but it always seems like, you know, I'm an LSU fan. It always seems like all my favorite players always end up going there. And, yeah. um, you know, so, yeah, I, I can see that connection. That would be a lot of fun. Um, uh, we mentioned Marcus Brown a couple times, but we really didn't get into it. Why hasn't he worked out better than he has? Uh, Chris? I mean, I don't know what happened last season. He just developed – the dropsies. I don't know. Like his rookie year, he seemed like he was very secure. He caught he caught a lot of passes. He was dealing with the foot injury, which I, I can understand. So I was expecting a lot more out of him from 2020. But then, like in the mid season, he just wide pass it in the hand and drop it. So if he can get that figure out, catch the ball more consistently again with his healthy foot, we could see a, a bigger year from him in 2021. Ryan, what do you think about Hollywood? <laughs> I love Hollywood Brown. I think he's he's a really good player, but those receivers with his style of play, just the pure speed, separation guys like that, system matters, and the way they're used matters. And I don't think we've used, Baltimore's used him in the way that's really uh, topped off his skill set. Like they're not giving the ball in space enough. You'd see flashes of it where they get him on a wide open screen or on an end around just get him the ball and they mm-hmm. didn't they just threw deep shots at him that aren't high completion shots anyway play passes anyways like use him just get him the ball let him run after the catch a little bit i know he's light but he's not gonna break i i just it's the it's the way he's used that just doesn't work like what makes tyreek hill so great other than just his talent is the offense is perfect for him uh Right. Tyler Lockett, the same thing. He thrives because that offense, he is built for what he does well. That's the difference. We, you see why Hollywood Brown isn't with an offense that does that right now. Like He's not used properly for that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I can see, a you know, as we're talking about this, you mentioned John Brown. What about a reunion with the, with John Brown? Do you think that could, that could work? I, I don't think that's in the cards for our team, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm no. good, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think that was a great like breakup. Like, wow. I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, the, the the team is gonna you know go into the season um, coming off of you know a 2020, like we said, that was a little strange, but like. And a good, solid offseason for them, and then maybe hopefully a much more normal season. Like, what's is this a team that basically bringing back a lot of the pieces that it is, bolstering up those wide receivers, uh, turning and giving the ball to J.K. Dobbins anymore, or, or more than they did last year? Like, can they take the next step? I mean, can they take down the Chiefs next year, Ryan? Uh, I think some things really go right 
I think the edge position has to be set. I mean, you got Judon as a free agent, Tyus Bowers free agent. I think Bowser needs resigned. Uh, if he's coming back, I think you need to fill up the edge position and fix the wide receivers. Fix the receivers. So you need the passing game to work. If they get a receipt, if they get a free agent receiver, draft receiver, I'm still happy. And I think you need that tight end position too. Like the offense just needs a little bit more tweaking. And I think the line, especially with Orlando Brown possibly leaving, will need sure not. But I think it's the potential's there. But the offseason does have to go right. Chris, what do you think the like? Do you think the ceiling for this team is like next year? They can and should be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point our team is Super Bowl or bust. If we're not yeah. in the Super Bowl, we're disappointed. That's definitely how the fans feel here. And Lamar's the worst quarterback in the league. Then, if they don't yeah. win the Super Bowl, that's true. He's so, got a lot of that blame. Oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah, he really is. Uh, I want to ask you one more question, uh, Ryan, because you've got you've got him over your left shoulder there, uh, Jameis Winston. I know you're a Florida State guy. I'm sure that's where that connection comes from. Hundred percent. Yes. He's an unrestricted free agent. I don't think he's going to be in New Orleans. I mean, maybe I guess we, you know, we, we could talk about that. I don't think they can afford him. He just he he fired his agent and got a new one. Like I think he's gone. Where like where's a good fit for Jameis Winston? Where can he go and like be like the guy and get back to? He's at 5,000 yard seasons. Uh, Winston needs to go somewhere. Oh, well, it's going to be who doesn't get a quarterback in the draft and who's kind of left by themselves. And he has to go to a team where the coaches let who can live with mistakes. Hmm. Like, I, I don't have a great landing spot for him, but it's going to take a lot. And I'm a firm believer Winston needs a coach who will scream at him for him to be good. Because that's what Jimbo did. And I think he kind of just got away, walked over Dirk Cutter. Like he need he needs he needs a quarter or a coach who's just a monster. Yeah. Is that Griffey over your right shoulder? That it's Oh, I knew it. I recognize Griffey anywhere. I could I, I could hardly see it, but I I, I faintly saw the Mariners uh yep. back there. Um so it um I don't see any baseball behind you, Chris, but if it did, would it be Cal Ripken Jr.? Oh, it would have to be, yeah. I'm not huge into baseball, but if it was going to be anybody, it would have to be him. Yeah, I mean, it'd be right there in Baltimore. I'm sure it wouldn't be Raphael Palmero. That's probably not your guy. Well, guys, honestly, this is really fun. Chris, uh, you came in a little bit late. You didn't get a chance to uh, kind of introduce yourself and thought about where they can find you. So we'll save it here to the end. But um, where's, you know, obviously you're on Twitter, but where's, where can we find you on Twitter and just what kind of off season work are you doing that people want to support you? How can they do that? Yeah. So my, uh, Twitter handle is just Chris miles one zero one seven. And right now I'm actually working on a, uh, rookie prospect grading database for each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. I actually had a wide receiver prospect grading model that I released last season. And this year I'm just redefining that, uh, working on it and expanding it to all four positions and hoping to get that out before the draft comes. What website would that be on? It'll be on um, ffballallday.com. Very cool. All right. I love that. I, look, I'm, I am a um, Six Sigma uh, black belt guy who loves data and numbers. So definitely when you get that up, let me know. I'd love to love to check it out. 
Ryan, yeah, I, you're a busy man. You got a lot of things going on. One more time, plug your stuff, where they can find you. And yeah, you guys should support Ryan. Where, where, where can, how can they do that? Awesome. Uh, find me on Twitter at Fox five, three, four. I'm at the draft Bible. We have the dynasty draft room podcast on there. I do the rankings for dynasty. I also put out dynasty content there. Then you can find me at the armchair fantasy show with going for two. Um, we have some really cool stuff coming on there coming up too. We have our March madness podcast coming on where we bracket off the entire fantasy draft class of John Bob coming up in like a week. It's going to be an absolute blast. So, that's a good time. Definitely check them out and looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you guys. And you can find me at Calvin and Hobby. Uh, you can find anything that I do over at the Dynasty Vipers. Make sure you're following the at Dynasty Vipers account and uh, following us on YouTube. Subscribe. Make sure you get the notifications. And like, I'm not just saying that because that's like the thing you say on YouTube. We really do have like a lot of really cool things that are going on. We've had some amazing guests this past week. You can go check out Matt Donnelly interviewed Peter Schrager. It was amazing. Um, we've had on just a lot of, we had Scott Bogman on earlier this week. You can go back through and listen to Bob Harris and Adam Rank. And like, we just had some amazing interviews. And honestly, we have some more really amazing ones coming up. That's why you need those notifications on. Um, I don't think we're ready to uh, announce who's all coming. But stay tuned in, and if you follow that Dynasty Vipers account, follow me. You'll certainly, you'll certainly know who who they are and when they're coming on. So for these guys, uh, for the Dynasty Vipers, for Matt Donnelly, appreciate you guys stopping in, and uh, we will catch you 